This is the Responsible Sports Podcast, presented by Liberty Mutual. Episode number 32, Phil Housley. Responsible Sports is a program dedicated to supporting coaches and parents who help our children succeed on and off the field. Each episode, our host, Jim Thompson, Executive Director of Positive Coaching Alliance, will be joined by some of the most influential players and coaches to share their thoughts and experiences with responsible coaching and responsible sports parenting. In this episode, Jim talks with NHL legend and current Stillwater Area High School hockey team coach, Phil Housley. I think I'm very, very intense, um, but I think uh, very fair. You know, I expect a lot um, from, uh, and uh, people may say I'm hard to play for, but uh, I'm trying to get the most out of the player, not only as a hockey player, but specifically being a high school coach, uh, trying to make them better people. Having returned to his roots, Following a very successful 21-year NHL career, Phil is passionate about the many life lessons that can be learned through hockey. He believes that high school athletes are at a particularly crucial point in their development, both as hockey players and as people. Through hard work and philosophies like his 24-hour rule, Coach Housley is giving all his players the chance to prepare for great hockey and even better lives. Phil, I want to start off by introducing you to our audience. Phil is a South St. Paul, Minnesota native who, following a stellar NHL career, returned to his roots and now coaches the Stillwater Area High School hockey team. He was the sixth overall pick in the 1982 NHL draft, debuted with the Buffalo Sabres that season, and made the all-rookie team. He had a 21-year NHL career, including seven All-Star Game appearances, and stands as the second-leading scorer among U.S.-born players in league history. Phil is widely considered one of the best offensive players to have ever play the position of defenseman. He st- finished his career with 1,232 points and retired as the all-time league leader in games played by a U.S.-born player. Phil earned a silver medal playing for the 2002 U.S. Olympic team. He's a member of the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame and the Bubble- Buffalo Sabres Hall of Fame. Phil, thanks for joining the Responsible Sports audience and me today. Well, I, I think we just hit the highlights, but hopefully we'll, we'll get into more detail in, the, in our interview here. You know, um, you started in the NHL very young, and you know, Sports Illustrated back then had someone no less than Scotty Bowman pre- comparing you to Bobby Orr. That must, be, it must have been hard for an 18-year-old to handle. How did you deal with that? <clears throat> well, I, I, I think, uh, you know, Scotty was very excited that uh, he found a high school kid and was able to make the jump right in the high school. And I think that's what the line of thought that he was making. Uh, however, you know, personally, being compared to Bobby Orr was uh, quite an honor. Uh, I don't consider myself um, Bobby Orr, but um, I just I, I think I commented that you know Bobby Orr is one of the best players to ever play the game. I'm just going to try to be Phil Housley, but. Uh, just to give you a short uh, background, um, you know, in high school, I wasn't drafted yet in 1982, and I, the, the USA Hockey gave me a two-game exhibition tryout in Germany for the World Championships that were going to be held in Tampere, Finland. Um, I made uh, the team after those two games that I was playing against, 
you know, some of the best players in the world. And I think that helped me make my decision to jump in the NHL. And um, I think that's where maybe Scotty thought uh, that I could make that jump. And I think he was just trying to maybe help me along and, and, and give me some confidence. But truly, it was a great uh, quote. And I uh, was quite honored when he said it. But again, I, I just wanted to be Phil Housley. Uh, Bob Ewer was just uh, one of the best players to ever play the game. You know, I read an a interview or an article in Sports Illustrated about Tim Duncan of the San, San Antonio Spurs, and somebody said that, you know, when young NBA players get a lot of success real suddenly, it changes them, and, and usually not for the better. Um, but the thing about Tim Duncan is success didn't change him because he knew who he was. And I really love your saying you wanted to be Phil Housley. Um, it seems like you had a sense of who you were. Well, I think it just uh, it goes back to your background and how you were raised by your parents. Um, you know, we weren't the, the richest family in South St. Paul. You know, my dad had to work very hard. He was a construction worker who did side jobs uh, on the side to put my brother and I through hockey. So I learned a lot of the uh, work ethic from him and, and the respect factor from my parents. And, um, you know, I really felt comfortable uh, being me. Um, I, I was, I was pretty popular in high school and I tried to get along with everybody and, uh, it was important to me, um, that I did. And I think, uh, a lot, a lot, a lot, like a lot of hockey players, they're, they're pretty humble people. Um, you know, they, they have a lot of respect, not only for the game, but, uh, um, for older people that have been in a position, um, that have worked very hard to get to where they are. And I think that's uh, why, you know, I think I am today still friends with many of the people that I grew up in South St. Paul. That's great. You know, um, there are, I mean, it seems like there always are young prodigies coming up. You know, we think about Kobe Bryant uh, coming into the NBA when he's very young and now Bryce Harper in baseball. Um, the, it didn't seem like the um, you know you're being compared to Bobby Orr uh, put a lot of pressure on you, but it seems like a lot of young kids who get um, a lot of attention early on feel that kind of pressure. How come you didn't? Well, I think it goes back to that you know after we lost out to get to the state tournament uh, my senior year and we were in it to the previous two that you know I had something else to look forward to. I played with the St. Paul Vulcans. Uh, junior team in the playoffs, uh, and then I was able to get a tryout, so I had some other things to look forward to, um, and I just tried to, I, I tried to not uh, get, get wrapped up in the hoopla. I tried to stay grounded. You know, I, I think the attitude that you have to prove yourself uh, at anything you do, wherever you are, and that, that along goes with every year you approach a training camp, even though you probably were penciled in and on the team, I went in with the attitude that I had to make the team, and I think that helped me prepare in the summer to get ready for, uh, you know, the NHL tra uh, uh, training camps. But I think that's the way you have to really approach it. You always got to prove yourself. You know, you're only good as your last game or your last shift. And I think if you carry that attitude, I think you get sort of rid of the uh, the negative vibes and you keep looking forward. You know, you've you played at the very highest level for a long time, and now you're coaching high school. Talk about, um, 
your decision to coach high school and how that's how that feels. Well, it, it, it's it's awesome. Um, you know, uh, to tell you a story, after I was thinking about retiring in 2003, you know, I talked and spoke to some people. I said, well, don't don't announce it right away. Feel it out. Maybe you'll get the the fire again. But the more I was with my family, the the, the fire was starting to burn out and. Uh, Lou Barrow from USA Hockey called me and asked me if he wanted me to coach uh, the U18 team in the, in the Four Nations Cup over in Switzerland. And, you know, it, 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 I fell in love with it right away. I mean, it, it's the closest place you can be without playing. You can feel the emotions. You understand what the kids are going through. Uh, and you try to help them and teach them. And that really made my decision a lot easier when I came back to Stillwater um, you know, I, I applied for the the job, and I was able to get it uh, in the, my in 2004. Starting in 2004, you know, not almost not even a year out of retirement, it kept me busy, uh, kept me close to the game, and I really enjoy it. Um, you know, we tried to really build the Stillwater program um, uh, to where we think I think we're in a great position right now. We keep climbing, we're getting better, we're improving as a community and uh, uh, you have to have good coaches in the association underneath you to believe in your goal and uh, right now I just uh, I really really enjoyed it and I've had the chance to coach with uh, as an assistant coach with the world junior team in 2007 and 2011 and also an assistant coach with the national team in 2011 in, in Slovakia so you know every whether you're a player or a coach you, you continue to have goals and I'm I'm moving in the right direction, along with my Stillwater High School team. So it's just been a great experience. You know, um, you know, I started Positive Coaching Alliance partly in response to seeing so much negativity among coaches. How would you describe your coaching style or your philosophy? I think I'm very, very intense, um, but I think uh, very fair. You know, I expect a lot. Um, from uh, and as people may say I'm hard to play for, but uh, I'm trying to get the most out of the player, not only as a hockey player, but specifically being a high school coach, uh, trying to make them better people uh, and getting them ready for the challenges that lie ahead after high school. And I think hockey is a great tool because you're going to face adversity. There are going to be situations and problems, and you hopefully make those right choices because you're not always going to get what you think you deserve. And um, and how you how you deal with those things and adversity, I think, is going to be better. And I, hockey is a great example, just like a lot of sports. There's going to be bumps in the road, whether it's it, you know a career job or playing hockey. And I think um, hockey is a great tool that these kids can fall back on and, 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 and in those experiences as they move into college and into and life. So, uh, you know, bottom line is everybody wants to win. That's, you know, that's why we're here. That's what we do. But there's also a lot that comes with it. You can win and learn uh, to be respectful uh, people and good people in, the, in, in society uh, along with winning. So, um, I've really enjoyed the challenge. It's not easy at times because, um, you know, like you said, parents, they get involved a little bit and they, they want it, you know, they want, they want questions answered. And I always say, Hey, my phone's always open. Give me a call and we'll talk about it. But, uh, um, that's the way I look at it. 
as far as a coach uh, trying to get these guys to to get to their full potential. And I think that's the intense part of me and the challenging, uh, continue putting challenges in front of them and so they can solve them. And so when it comes crunch time, they, they will be prepared. You know, um, you, you really articulated, you know, this podcast uh, interview is part of a program that Positive Coaching Alliance is doing with Liberty Mutual Insurance, the Responsible Sports Program. And, and uh, responsible coaches, we say, have two goals. One is trying to win on the scoreboard, but also that life lessons piece that you articulated just really beautifully just now. Um, what do you see as some of the key life lessons that can come out of a youth or high school hockey experience for kids? Well, I think the most important one is it's not what you've done before, and, and I think it's the entitlement. A lot of kids might be playing on their A teams, and, and it, we all know that at, at these age groups, leading up to high school and even after high school, people develop at different rates. You know, some kids are going to be bigger than others and maybe have an advantage until that other kid grows. Some may be more skilled, but there might be another kid that works very, very hard away from the ice and develops uh, and, and maybe overcomes the skill part of the game by just hard work. Um, so I guess where I'm going with it is that um, the, the game itself can teach so many things um, within, uh, within as you grow. And I always feel that um, it doesn't matter where you played, before you enter high school, uh, you know, we all want to win. You know, that's the bottom line. I mean, we want to, we all want to do well, right? As coaches, as, as a high school, as a community, we want to see everybody succeed. But sometimes those players that really work hard at the game and they're not playing PlayStation or, you know, not because in today's in today's world you're going to have to work at your game because there are other kids that are, yep. and you, your skill level is only going to carry you so much. Yeah, if you work at the game and you have good skill, yeah, you're going to be a front runner. But I think uh, the entitlement is sort of got to get pushed out. I mean, we all know and collect information from the other coaches and the other associations, so we have a good sort of read on you. But it really it's up to the player to develop, um, you know, it, it just seems that all throughout the United States, uh, it's getting sports-specific, and I really try to preach that, uh, yeah, in the summer, maybe that's your time to really develop um, in whatever sport you decide, but you really want to play, if you, I, you have the green light to play all three sports if you want to, because I think you become more uh, athletic, and, and you get to look forward to a new sport. I, for one, played all three sports, and I'm glad I did because I didn't play baseball my sophomore and junior year, and I said, hey, I'm going to play baseball because I don't want to look back and regret that I didn't play this baseball. But um, getting back to the point is you, 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 you have to continue to prove yourself as a player. It's not what you did the last year. you got to work at it. And if you do work at it, the rewards are there for you and I think the biggest thing, if you work at it and you, and you look in the mirror every day and say, I put my time in, I think that's how you're going to gain confidence uh, in the sport of hockey. You know, I, I'm glad you said that about encouraging your players to play other sports. Um, you know, I, I do a lot of presentations around the country to sports parents, and the number one 
thing that comes up is their their kid is being told by they're being told by their kid's coach that he or she needs to specialize and um you know it's it, it's just there i think there it makes sense at a certain point for for a, an athlete to say okay this is the um this is the sport i'm going to be uh really uh committed to but i think there's so much pressure for that to happen very early in our society today yeah i really agree with you you know uh there is going to be times where it's going to click and you're going to uh, be able to, let's say, maybe go to the development program. You know, if, if that's what you feel your route's going to be and you have a uh, privilege to play there, yeah, you may want to do that. I mean, everybody's different. It's a case-by-case scenario. Uh, but I think for the general population, not everybody's going to be able to do that. So, you know, take advantage of being in high school. Take advantage of being around your friends. Uh, and if you're if you're a good athlete and you enjoy playing the other sports, do it. I mean, it's totally up to you. That's your decision. But uh, I always felt that I think you you become more rounded as an athlete. I think it can use the other sports too, maybe to get away that the sport that you love most and you get a different perspective. But uh, certainly agree with you, Jim. You know, I want to go back to the, the confidence piece you mentioned before. Um, it seems like uh, kids lose their confidence when they make mistakes, especially mistakes that, you know, are in public and may, may be important for the, the game. How, how do you help kids develop their confidence uh, through the game of hockey? Well, that's one of the things that really is interesting for me because being a player and falling back on my experiences, um, yeah, definitely, you know, you're all going to make mistakes. But the confidence piece is what is confidence? And, and we've done a lot of things here that, you know, like if I was to make a pass to somebody and it wasn't on the tape, now is that a confidence thing or a focus thing? Right, and and there's a big difference. Like if you can do all the little details, detailed things well, and you're focused on those things, I think you you can gain confidence in those areas. Certainly, it, it it's a mindset. You know, a lot of it has to do how mentally tough you are. Uh, some of the better players will be able to you know make a mistake, jump in the next shift, and and be able to make an adjustment. But it's the other kids that maybe you might want to call them your role players, that they're just hard workers, that they feel they're not scoring. Well, how do you get that back? Well, I think it has to go back to practice. If you do the things in practice that we're trying to tell you, you will gain confidence in practice, and we try to use practice. Sometimes the game situations where we you know do a lot of drills that are game-specific, and those things, once you've refine those skills within the practice, that'll that'll translate into the game. Um, I think another thing, the way I look at it, is how mentally tough you are. And this is a great lesson, not only in life, but in the game of hockey. I mean, if you can battle through that, those things, you're going to be a much better player or person uh, because there's going to be things that you want that you may not get. And it's how you're going to fight for those things. Uh, that's going to be important, whether it's in a game situation or you go to college and you're going and get in, getting into the real world, you want to, so to speak, um, so you can fall back on those things. But 
you know, definitely each person and personality, some guys need a pat on the back, some guys need a little push, um, and it's how you react to those little criticisms because as coaches, we're not, we all like everybody and our all common goal is to win. But, and we're here, we're, we, we want to see everybody succeed. So don't take the criticism that we don't like you because that's not the case. Take the criticism, criticism as a challenge and try to use that uh, as motivation to get where you want to be. You know, one of the concepts we talk about is having a teachable spirit, how important it is for athletes. And, you know, we'll, when we speak to high school athletes, we'll say, you know, it'd be nice if your coach would give you uh, feedback in a really easy way for you to handle. And, you know, we'll work with coaches, too, to, to make them more positive. But um, if you have a teachable spirit, you're going to, even though the coach may be yelling at you, maybe even unfairly yelling at you, if you have a teachable spirit, you're a sponge and you're looking for, okay, this isn't fair, but what can I learn from this that will make me better? Yes, definitely. I think, um, you know, we had to do the new certification up here in Minnesota um, and get the license, and there was a lot of great courses um, that when I look back at that, you know, really helped help me. I always go into all of these um what you could say um, uh, courses or um, teaching lessons. I always go on with an open mind because you can always pick out a few things here or there, um, especially focusing on the student athletes because, number one, I mean, we want them to think about going to practice or, or going to their specific sport where they can, you know, let everything go and just focus on the sport. Because growing up in today's society, there's so much, so much, so many pressures and and pure things that they have to filter already. So um, definitely, I, I really like what you're saying about you know giving some feedback, whether it's good or bad. And uh, we try to you know put uh, try to give everybody a role on the team so they can um, you know excel in those roles. And and those roles may change, but at least they are no what they're supposed to do, what's expected of, of them. Uh, and I think it really helps. You know, um, th thanks for that, Phil. That was great. Um, you know, we, um, I was thinking about when Larry Bird became a coach, everybody thought he was going to fail because he was such a good athlete. And, um, you know, the reality is you're probably never going to have a player as talented as you were at that age. Um, how do you... And, and, and lots of coaches, lots of great athletes who try to be, try to coach just can't get over. They just don't have the patience to work with athletes who take longer to learn something. How do you deal with the fact that uh, at some level uh, it seems like it uh, hockey came easy for you, and how do you deal with players who have potential but for whom it doesn't come so easy? Well, you know, when I started coaching high school, you know, that was one of the things that I had to learn is to be more patient um, because of just what you said. You know, you, you figure that high school kids could step out and just snap it around on the ice, but it wasn't the case. Um, it took a long time for me, uh, and we had to change our system play. Um, we really had to focus a lot at the beginning of the practice on skill and just doing a lot of passing, shooting, skating, um, which I think helped at the end of the year. And we did it. We do something like that every day. You know, every day we do skill. And 
I think you develop a sense of patience. Um, and, and I think it's repertory. I mean, you, you really, um, you think about a high school season is actually very short. You're trying to crunch in so many things and you can't go in different directions. You sort of go in steps. Uh, as you move forward uh, in your in in your season, and you you have to find you know define one area before you get to the another area, and then once you can get all those things in, then you can really start focusing on things what are causing the mistakes, and I think that in itself can get the kids confidence, you know, um, within the practice. Um, those things, that's the way I look at it. And I think, uh, I think it's been helpful for me to be a little bit more patient and, and really be a solid teacher. Um, who are some of the most influential people in your youth and high school hockey experience? Well, I think, you know, my dad, number one, I thought, you know, I thought he would, he never said anything, he never called the coach. Um, and, and it was really a settling influence on me that, you know, he just had confidence in my brother and me just to do what they want, wanted to do. Also, Doug Wook, um, you know, was my high school coach for four years. He he offered me a tryout as a freshman, and in South St. Paul had a strong tradition, and there weren't a lot of freshmen that would make the high school team, but he, he kept me on, and I, and I learned uh, really how to play the game from him. Uh, that I could use as when I transitioned into the NHL. And a lot of my youth coaches, I, I really liked playing uh, for them. They, they, gave, they gave you the freedom, although, you know, there was there was some lines drawn. This is what is expected. It's about the team and not one player, and I respected that. And I never thought I was above the team. I, I To this day, I, I take a team uh, sort of coaching philosophy and within that team philosophy, sure, you can excel as an individual, but it's more about the team. And, uh, that's what I respected about my coaches the most. Yeah, that's great. What about when you got into the NHL, which coaches there, you played in a lot of different teams, which, which coaches had the biggest impact to you there? Well, I think Scotty Bowman, number one, because he took a chance on a high school kid that probably weighed 165 soaking wet at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, and the Buffalo organization as well. But, you know, like I, I think about the, the, the coaches that you respected that were just fair. Um, I think about uh, Ted Sater, um, Rick Dudley. I had John Paddock in Winnipeg. Um, uh, you know, Brian Sutter in Chicago, I really respect that he was an old school guy uh, that really motivated you, got the most out of every player, but was very fair and you told it like it is. Sometimes you didn't hear it, want to hear what you had to say, but most of the time it was right and uh, it sort of burned burned you inside that you wanted to push yourself harder. And uh, um, So those are some of the coaches that I really respected. I may have missed some. Uh, but when I look back, I really respected those guys, and if I did miss anybody, I'm sorry. Um, you mentioned parents before, and parents, um, you know, I know when I played sports and growing up in North Dakota, my parents were kind of interested, but they didn't, they never, ever thought they would have a role, you know, they would ever call a coach or anything. Um, what advice do you give parents uh, who want the best for their kids in either youth sports or high school sports? 
Well, I think it's just, I think, support the coaches. Um, you know, they're more specifically in the youth association. A lot of those guys are volunteering their time, um, and, and, and they want to win. Believe me, everybody wants to win. Um, there's some things that, that, uh, they, they may do that you may not agree with, but hopefully it's because it's at the light at the end of the tunnel. And just for me personally, I think just be, uh, support the coaches, um, um, be a good, uh, example in the stands, um, you know, because what we're telling the child or the kid in the rink or in the coach's office might be totally different from what a parent is telling their kid. And um, that's where I think the confusion starts and, and some of the stress becomes a part of the kid's problem. So I think you just have to support the coaches. Um, if you feel that you need to talk to the coach, hey, I think you have every right to to talk to the coach and we understand the amount of money and time that you've put in to your son or daughter. You know, we understand that it's, it's a big time investment, especially in hockey. And, uh, we don't take that lightly, but I think the bottom line is we're trying to do its best, not for one individual. It's more important for every, the whole team. Uh, but certainly I think communication is very powerful Sometimes things can get ironed out in a conversation where there might be a different read on a situation. So I think the number one thing that I would say is support the coaches. So now let's let's probe that a little bit. What if you have a parent who's just really not happy with uh, their their kid's coach and they feel like there's some harmful things going on? What what would you advise them to do? Well, I always go by the 25-hour rule. If it's a game, let's all, it's very emotional after game. You know, there's a lot of things that I may see until I watch the video um, and really get a, a sense of what was going on. Sometimes it's not as bad as it seems, and sometimes it's not as good as it seems. But I think use the 24. If you need to speak to me after a game, please call me the next day. And I always tell the parents at the beginning of the year, Hey, my phone's always open. I know a lot of coaches don't want to be uh, bothered, and they only give you so many phone calls. But for as far as I'm concerned, you can call me anytime, any any time you'd like to talk about a situation. Number one, um, this is high school hockey. Let's let's have the student athlete try to solve the problem with the coaches staff. If, if they don't feel that the problem is being solved, then let's bring the parent in, or you can call me and we can have a conversation. But certainly it's, I think the communication's the most important thing because sometimes get things get lost from a student athlete leaving practice or a game going to their parent and what the parent has to say might be totally different from what we're saying. So we always want to be clear about that, and we always want to, you know, keep moving forward and stay on track with each individual. So, you know, and, and, and I know there's a lot of parents that may not agree with what I do, and that's part of the territory that, of coaching. But certainly nothing is going to get solved if you're going to stand back and talk with other parents about it. Nothing's going to get solved that way. It's better to bring it forward to the coach um, because I may not know what's going on with your son and uh, going on at, at home or uh, whatever situation may occur. So, um, you know, definitely 
there's going to be things during the year that they may not agree with. Um, we'd like to have the, the student athlete resolve with the coaches, if, and then we have to turn to the parents. So one life lesson, though, a kid, when they're walking to a coach's office with the coaches there, can be quite intimidating, but the kids that seem to come in there, knock on the door, and want to talk, those are the kids that are going to really, I think, move forward in life. Yeah, no, I, I think that's brilliant. Too. This is high school. This is supposed to develop develop uh, boys into men. Um, you know, I, I think one of the things is sometimes the parents are upset about something and their son isn't. Right. That's exactly, and that's what I'm saying about the communication from what we're saying and, and the good vibe that we may have as a coaching staff and, and, and to the team, and the parent might not be happy. And I think that's what... You know, what we're telling them at the rink and what they're hearing at home could be two totally different things. And that's why I think communication plays an important role. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, one last question. Um, you know, we, it was Positive Coaching Alliance and the Liberty Mutual Insurance Responsible Sports Progr- Program. We're, um, we're big on what we call teachable moments. Um, how, do you, uh, how do you recognize a teachable moment? Um, how do you think about it when you're, when you're coaching, the, the moment when you can really have an impact on a, on a player? Well, I think, I think it, it depends on the situation. Game conditions are things that, that we're going to have to make uh, uh, technical adjustments in stride, and that, that might be a teachable moment might be in between periods where, hey, guys, this is about our team, uh, this is what they're doing, here's what we've got to do. I think the, the biggest, biggest teachable moments are, are in practice where you can stop, you know, and, and explain to the whole team and address it and ask them questions so you can get their input. Because I always leave it up to them. Why are we doing this? What do you think here? And then they get some input, and then you can explain what, 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 what we should be doing. Um, I think though, every day is a teachable moment as far as I'm concerned because uh, I try to put it in the hands of what they would think and what, what they think is what we should be doing, and then it comes back to me. So at least they're involved in a decision. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, there have been some teachable moments, uh, some real gems here in this, this conversation, Phil, and uh, I want to really thank you for taking the time to talk with me and all the people. You know, they're going to be uh, athletes, coaches, sports parents from all around the country are going to listen to this interview, and they're going to get a lot out of it. So thank you so much for t- giving us your time today. Thank you. I got one more thing to say, and in all of this conversation, I really enjoyed it, Jim, but the bottom line is is having fun. I mean, we're all, that's what we're here for is we want to we wanna, um, have kids have a great experience playing the game of hockey, and, uh, and it all comes down to having fun and how you approach the game. Well, I think if, you're, if you are enjoying it, you're going to play better also. Exactly. Good point. To learn more about responsible sports, including downloading valuable tools on how you can help youth athletes stay positive in youth sports, visit ResponsibleSports.com. You'll find helpful responsible sport parenting and responsible coaching guides, downloadable tools and worksheets, and advice from leading youth sports experts. Music for this podcast has been generously provided by APM Music.